Google Maps are routing us to a new advertising option, Taylor Swift is dropping a new album, and which is your favorite Easter candy? All this and more on this episode of The A-Game. Hello and welcome to this episode of The A-Game, a very special A-Game featuring your favorite A-Gamer, and I do mean myself. Oh, <laughs> oh she's coming out shooting today. Oh, I'm coming on wow. strong. Wow. Hey, I was not here last week. Uh, and in case What is your you, name? You don't know who I am. I was getting there, Joel. Oh. I am Morgan Rooks, digital strategy here at the Adcom Group, and I'm joined by three of my favorite people and also your favorite A-Gamers. And let's start with... Ladies first, our rising star, digital strategist, Hopo. Hello. That is polite. That oh, is the polite very, thing that to do. Very lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm always last, so I figured I would I would switch it up a little well, bit. Well, it's, it's just quite. That's a gym problem. It's ah. A, it's a our our favorite our favorite Burger King and social media king. <laughs> Welcome, Joel Hammond. Hello, and thank you again for the uh, Hershey pie last week. It was lovely. Of course. Happy Jeff, belated birthday. It. They it's gave me a Hershey okay. pie for my when, birthday. When she Thanks makes a homemade baked good, I feel it no matter where I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, Thanks so. for the birthday text, too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I didn't no, text I was, him. Oh, oh. oh. He, yeah. <laughs> also, I should probably not swear. And uh, rounding out our quad today, everyone's favorite mm. voice of marketing and technology. Jeff Calton. I missed you guys last week. Now, granted, I was on vacation, so I didn't miss you all that much, but well, I missed you in us. theory. Favorite. And in practice. Favorite. Favorite. Everyone's a favorite today. Are you using quotation fingers? <laughs> yeah, for the for the listeners, they can't see. Well, but, oh, okay. That I said a lot of favorites. I think I'm just in a very loving mood at the moment. God, I love that. I love when you're like that. Oh. love when you're like that. You guys want to sing? No. Oh, okay. That's not. Right. <laughs> but we are going to talk about a topic that I believe... Jim, Joel, and Hope touched on in the last episode, and that's Google Maps. We teased it, Morgan. It's a teaser. Okay. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. Okay. What we did is we said so, some stuff about it so you'd get excited. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's not be teased. Joel, why don't you uh, lay this out for us? What is Google Maps doing? Google Maps is finally trying to monetize its uh, it, its maps. Um so you see it uh, in other, you know, we, t- we discussed it last week a little bit with Hope and Jim. Um, you see some of this going on already with Waze, uh, which is Google owned, um, actually. But so now they're bringing that technology, that uh, monetization uh, opportunity to Maps. Did Am I correct, Hope, last week? It seemed like Jim, one Jim James Thaddeus Ganser was a little skeptical of this. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, me too. He was. Jim's just um, real skeptical so of anyway, a lot of things. So uh, anyway, long story short, and we can dive in, but uh, yeah, Google is finally trying to monetize its uh, ubiquitous map service. This is interesting in a couple of ways, um, but map services in general have always been very maligned and something that we need. You know, every time Apple Maps has come out, People just resoundingly hate it. Um, so there's no <laughs> there's there's no real 100% upside on maps. But this this has been an underutilized potential revenue stream. I mean, through ways for a long time. But I, I think it you know I I touch on this all the time is in the ways for these large tech companies who are now public companies. Everybody who didn't see but Pinterest went. Uh, uh, IPO this week, mm-hmm. um, but for Congrats all these large, what's that? Congrats to our friend, of, friends at Pinterest. You know Don't what their uh, their stock guy. symbol is? Pins. Pins. Uh, <laughs> Genius. Um, they're gonna say pint. Pint. No, 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 no. Um, but this 
this uh, starts going to two things. One, the increasing stress on these public tech companies in order to continuously find new revenue streams, which means using your data, using your very, very, very valuable location-specific data to be furnishing you things uh, that you need. So this is this one's on the cusp of some very hot issues. Uh, Hope, just raise your hand. I have a uh, question. You, what is your question? Um, if Google is trying to monetize their own Maps product, why did they buy Waze? So Google and Alphabet, Alphabet is functionally a holding company. It's right. an acquisition arm. And yeah. when they do those things, um, they do it for a couple of reasons. One, there's a core piece of tech that somebody built uh, that they don't want to spend the time to build. And number two is hiring is one of the biggest problems for any company like Google. Um, at the scale that they're at, one of the acquisition purposes is headcount, is you're getting brain power uh, as a part of it. So when they buy something like Waze, even when they have a competing product to it, it's typically a nod to the fact that one, um, it's a good price. They can get it for the right amount, meaning if they wanted to build it themselves, um, and they wanted to hire all the people to build it themselves, it would cost them more in order to do so. And in most cases, this person is already doing it better. So ways, I think people resoundingly feel from um, works so well because it's got a community around it. Mm -hmm. Ways community is really the kicker of why it was different. Um, and you know, Waze was the first traffic app to, to gamify, right. to give you some sort of carrot along the way. Um, so you know, with sometimes there's a real concrete reason mm -hmm. um, they want to move into a, a new market. Sometimes there's a really nebulous reason, which is we've got all this cash, mm -hmm. and you guys are real good. We'll figure out somewhere down the line how to do this, but we want to own you. So there's a Waze, there's a competition aspect, right, too? Oh, right? yeah, 100%. So I think the reality, too, is it's audience share. Um, okay, I yeah. have this uh, mapping apps uh, Statista pulled up. Google Maps has 154.4 million unique users a month. Waze has 25.6 unique million users per month. So that's a huge, a huge shift in share. Right. I think there's still a lot of awareness problem with Waze. A lot of people don't know about it. Hmm. Um, and when I look at, uh, I think I look at vehicles too, that Google Maps tends to be the default map option for a lot of in-car products. So hope thing, I think one of the really interesting things on an acquisition or uh, a, a movement like this is don't think about today. What it does do today, think about five years. So is autonomously, uh, one of the reasons that Maps and Waze um, haven't reached their full peak mm -hmm. is because they compete with attention of somebody who's driving. And so from an advertising platforms uh, and revenue cycle perspective, you're still trying to show a Dunkin' Donuts ad or location when somebody's distracted. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't get full kind of ramp. Um, as autonomously, autonomously driving vehicles grow, this becomes a, a more robust way. Um, think about ride sharing with an autonomously driving vehicle where you're reaching four people and you know you're reaching four people and you have a captive audience for X amount of time. Um, so I think there's reasons it makes sense now. Google obviously always has to show new revenue streams um, and growth of existing revenue streams. But I think this one makes a lot of sense for the way we're going to be um, in, in five years and, you know, just don't think outside of cars too. I mean, um, or inside of 
cars because that's so how commonly how we um, we attract uh, or we we attach to this use case. Think about just how good lo- uh, Waze's location service is in uh, delivering back real-time results as you're moving. That has applications to trucking companies and them pulling back data about best routes and logistics and things like that. And the community around uh, Waze is great in a car to tell you that there's a pothole up ahead or there's a police officer up ahead, but it could also be really interesting in a setting like uh, a professional sporting event or a large concert where you can start dictating other things that are happening around and identifying and pushing that out, that crowdsourced information to other people who are in a similar type of setting. So I think the use case of this and Waze and how Google Maps keeps evolving isn't going to like fully come to its next like real rocket ship yeah. up for a while. So then I guess my follow-up question would be, why do you think they're trying to start advertising through Google Maps now instead of bettering their um, advertising on Waze currently? I think the short answer is it's what they do best Mm -hmm. and it's a channel. It's what they do best. They advertise as good as anybody. They programmatically are as good as anybody. And they've got this open channel Mm -hmm. that's saying, hey, come advertise in me. And they have control of both. So I think it's a I think it's a crime of opportunity as much as it is a massive shift towards a new way of doing things. I think the massive shift comes a couple of years down the road as some of these other things come to fruition. But I think um, I think it's a hey, I think there's revenue over there. We're not getting mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think the timing is interesting. We've talked on this podcast a number of times about Amazon. Um, be turning into a search engine, right? Mm. So the timing is interesting from a from the perspective, if I can quote Jim Ganser. Uh, <laughs> so Google, you know, obviously it's a healthy company, but they're starting to see search competitors rise, not to their level, but we've, we've discussed it a number of times. And oh, all of a sudden, by the way, oh, we're going to finally start trying to monetize this product over here that's been sitting here. It's just... I wonder, Jeff, maybe I'm wrong. Are they starting to feel, I mean, is that, could that play a part in this, right? I mean, are they starting to feel a little bit of pressure that their core business is being impacted? That's always a component of it. They're always looking at who's on their heels. But I'm, I've got a question for Morgan. I mean, as you're, as you're looking at a media, how are we going to go to market for mm-hmm. our clients? We're always looking for new channels. Always yeah. looking for new Oh, yeah, outlets. totally. This immediately fits in, right? I mean, this for the right client doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, for the right client. If you if you work with a food service clients or, um, you know, I think. Papa John's, just, what's up? Yeah, I mean, you know, anything like that, consumer product goods client potentially is Get an option go, as well. Up? The interesting thing that I noticed in one of the articles was that this will also allow the ability not only for advertisers to show up on the app, for example. We mentioned Duncan. Duncan is a very prevalent advertiser in Waze. If you've used yep. Waze, you've likely seen them. Um, one of the things that's interesting in Google Maps is it will give advertisers the option to allow users to reroute their journey in order to go to Dunkin', go to Burger King, go to Papa John's, hmm. but not disrupt their route. They, it will find the nearest location on their route, get them there, and then get them if they're if you're going to work, for example. So you want your your morning your morning Dunkin' coffee. You know, you set the route in, you hit Dunkin', it'll take you to Dunkin', it'll take you to work. So I f- that's really interesting because you're not only advertising, you're not only driving awareness and perhaps presenting an offer as well, but you're directly influencing, quote-unquote, foot traffic. 
Can I can I pivot for a second? As close as you and I are, I just found a distinctive difference between you and I. Yes. Is when Dunkin' Donuts changed their name, I could not adapt to just calling them Dunkin', and yet you do it like a fish in water. <laughs> I, I don't even realize. I don't think I realized that I did it. We should call, you call it a Dunkin'? She called it Dunkin' 13 times in a row, oh. and I'm just sitting here going, I'm the idiot over here saying Dunkin' or Donuts and only getting half the names in. Which maybe is, she was just shorthanding it. Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't intentional. I can tell you that. You did a great job. Um, The thing that I think is interesting about this particular play, and I know that none of us are actually traditional media buyers, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is that this seems like a potential disruptor for out of home. Mm. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. So thinking about like billboards, like traditional out of home methods, it seems like this could potentially be a disruptor for the way we traditionally look at quote unquote out of home services. I thought Jeff made a great point earlier that Thank you. maybe we're a little bit from true impact there, but the 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 the, the true um, barrier right now is that it's really just kind of one way communication at this point because you are distracted. Yeah. You're not. If there's, you know, you mentioned when we get to autonomous vehicles, I think there's also potential even before that with the with the rise in Bluetooth, Bluetooth technology in the car, two-way communication. I think when that becomes a little bit easier within the vehicle, um, that's when that could be a real factor. But right now, you know, I've got to look at my phone. Can I can I drop a super hot take real quick? Yeah. This could be a This could be a new business model, which I have not thought about. But if you're out of home right now, are you not trying to figure out how to partner with this? So the message, yeah. you can't ultimately change the message on your billboard over and over and over again for every driver that goes by, but you can do it on their screen. Well, I mean, you, well, you can actually, for digital billboards, yeah. but... For so, everybody but think, that goes by, though. But I think that that's... No, definitely not. But I think that that's a That'd really good distracting. media <laughs> strategy. So you're... Yeah. yeah. So, so what I'm thinking of in particular is uh, I just drove to Chicago and back. And there's this there's this out of home marketing tactic that has existed for a very long time where it's like McDonald's ten miles with an arrow. Sure. But now with this option, you'll be able to say if you have a car that has the technology where you know, we use ways to get to Chicago and back. It's always up on screen, we're always looking at it. We're always looking for cops, I'll be honest. You know, instead of just having Why don't you slow down. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you just drive a normal speed? <laughs> we were driving then... safely, but you just never know. At uh, excessive speeds is what I heard. Not excessive speeds. Jeffrey anyway. Rooks, that is that is precious cargo. <laughs> you slow down. Sorry, continue. Um, so, but you could have your traditional McDonald's billboard 10 miles away tactic, but then also have the McDonald's quote-unquote digital billboard, however we want to describe it, within within ways, within Google Maps that you can actually hit and will route you there as opposed to just that sort of vague, you know, McDonald's 10 miles away. Like, it actually gets you there. I, I think there's a lot of connectivity to talk about on this. And, you know, I billboard in general, there's still a really, really solid place in a, a funnel that granted it's high but in in the awareness cycle of things for billboard it makes a lot of sense especially if you're you're, you're properly positioned there that's a really nice extender yeah. though because not everybody in a car is driving a car and you have the ability to, to reach a lot of phones uh, and and a lot of screen I actually think the phone is the more interesting thing because this I mean we'll see what the you know how the screen piece of it comes along but you can I mean with ways being able to, um, with ways being able to, to to hit you, you know, before you get up to it, 
crowdsourcing what that is, crowdsourcing the communication around billboard coming up this way, there's an interesting possibly tokenized use case there saying basically, oh, if I, you know, if I, if I respond to this many uh, Dunkin' billboards, then, you know, I get some stars in my app towards mm-hmm. a free coffee. Yeah. It's genius. I'm going to call them. I think if we get into, especially in the realm of like push notifications, mm-hmm. you know, Google knows where you are or, or Apple knows where you are. You know, any of the map options but, on your phone, you generally give them access, always on access. So they always know where you are. And if that transforms into push notifications, I think particularly of, of Google Maps, when I get in the car on Mondays, it knows I'm going to trivia. And it says X location, you know, it knows I'm going there. If it if you know it starts to learn that you're you go to Starbucks all the time or you go to Dunkin' all the time or you go to McDonald's all the time, what's stopping it from then Google Maps sending you the push notification that says, you know, the McDonald's is five miles away and we're gonna give you a one dollar uh, ice cream cone. Shout out to Jim Rooks who loves the one dollar ice cream and cone. And there's no wait in the drive thru. What did I say? Wait. Jim Ganser. Did you say Jim Rooks? <laughs> I did. Listen, this has not been my day. <laughs> well. So when we when you were we saying earlier <laughs> like a combination of out of home and these and this technology I immediately thought of something Morgan just Morgan just said where okay so then how do you incentivize or how do you tokenize like you mm-hmm. said right so okay so I see a uh, a billboard and I want to adopt or I want to uh, promote adopt a puppy I want to well, I do want to adopt a puppy but I want to promote um, my latest technology or I want to promote like using Google Maps I'm you know so what's the wait time you know so do i should i get off on this one or should i get off at the next exit you know like that is like next level okay so what's what am i getting out of this well right? think about this if you so take a, a mcdonald's example i'm pivoting on duncan can we if use you, burger king could, you want to do burger king <laughs> yeah let's do burger king let's, let's take a burger king. king example if you go through the drive through at burger say king, you're trying to get a hershey pie uh, you know on the way from here to chicago you're trying to get a hershey pie on the way yeah. from here to chicago and you're looking and you're like you know what i'm late yeah i'm late for a meeting I know if I stop, I really want to stop. Hershey pie. Oh, really want to stop. I hope we get sponsored. You, they they have scanners just like an Easy Pass above uh, the drive-through lane that can tell you the length of the wait, number of cars in line. In order to get there, you can look and you can say, ah, you know what, I'm going to go to the next one because there's no wait. But so, don't you think that's too disruptive? To whom? Drivers. Like texting. No, like doing that whole process, like looking and like also deciding, oh, do I want Burger King if well, I want to go? Where voice like, tec- this is where the voice technology embed in vehicles is going to come into play um, for ease of use. Is it, If this was something you had to do on your phone screen or on the screen um, uh, of the car, <laughs> yes, very much so. But as you're able to have natural language conversations with your car, whether it's through Alexa or whatever the the voice assistant is going to be that's built in, I think the use pace becomes easier. I don't. I, I still think you know if you say, "Hey, my 65 year old mother tried it twice and she got annoyed with it," uh, then yeah, I think you're going to run into a lot of that. But for early adopters, the hope hose of the world, you're probably going to get to a place where you're like, uh, "What's the wait at Duncan? The closest Duncan? It's going to talk back to you." And then you're going to go, oh, well, what's the wait at the second closest, Duncan? Reroute me. Mm. 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 Love it. Preach. Church. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
well <laughs> everyone's looking at me yeah. expectantly oh. well that's because you're the you're the you're captain the moderator. of you're the, the ship where on, do we go from here goodness where do we well, I thought you were... also to kind of touch on your out of home thing yeah i don't think it'll disrupt that much because there's only so many types of companies that will be able to use maps like mm-hmm. cpg obviously natural fit but everything else is kind of dodgy i feel like it would work for like say cleveland clinic for their express cares that would be a perfect fit but for most other things i don't think you're gonna like go out of your way to go to a barnes and nobles i think you know? we're we're no, uh, poor barnes and nobles for yeah, <laughs> sorry for, for to a border there you go um <laughs> I, this is a time that I like, and I actually think, and I, I don't say this facetiously, that we're in a really neat time and a really lucky time uh, in our careers because you're in the midst of a transition period like has never existed before. Companies are, are you hear the term digital transformation a lot, which has become too buzzy, but it's very factual in that they're going from a paper-based, old-school way of doing things to trying to compete in a world where the expectations of you mid-market company are not against your competitors, it's against everybody. And so there's this like crazy amount of transformation. So the early adopters, this is, this is an early adopter, big budget comfort with technology thing like it always is until enough people use it that the software and the, the physical hardware start to flatten out in cost. So use cases like this I think are, are gonna start popping up but it's not going to reach ubiquity. So, the 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 curve of a technology, basically the you know the first thirty years of it, for all intents and purposes, are ramp. Like, how does it get to super saturation? At that point, at the top part, it's called ubiquity. It's so around that the cost effectiveness of it is available to anybody, any size business. And then at that point, when it reaches that, that's it might be slow, but that is the point of decline. And so we're just in the infancy of all of this. I was reading stuff about quant computing yesterday, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, it's going to be, you remember, no, you wouldn't because you were probably not born. But like, I thought 2019 was the future. Like Jetsons. Oh, yeah. Flying cars. We were going to get like Rosie, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like we were going to be there now. And that has not paid off. I think, frankly, my house is not on stilts in the sky. Um, I do not have a robot assistant made. Um, all of those things are a large disappointment. Like to me. I'm pretty sure we're almost at the year when like Blade Runner happened. Uh, we're, oh. which I think was like 2049. Yeah. Something like that. And I don't think we're there yet. I got to tell you, next 30 years, I think our kids, well, our kids, get like the future. You think? Well, yeah. If you I think just, Blade Runner type stuff. stuff? the future wow well if you look at the exponential increase in the advancement of technology over the past like 10 years yeah. even 15 years it's on track to be preston's gonna be well, you remember gonna have self-driving cars back to the future yeah. too yep when marty mcfly sits, hoverboards? sits there uh, we've already Ooh, got i hoverboards. hope we have hoverboards and he goes into the we room we don't have hoverboards <laughs> we don't no. oh okay well maybe they'll have hoverboards by then <laughs> And he goes into the room, he sits down on the couch, and it's when he's the son, and he goes, ah, TV, show me channel 15, 24, 63, blah, blah, blah. And they all pop up. Like, we're there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the uh, our kids are going to get the future we were promised. Have we found, yes. do we have that gambling uh, book yet? Because I could sure use it. 
Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joel, this you want to talk about dangerous territory? Ah. So you know what future thing that I'm really excited about? Oh, what is it? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> T Swizzled. What was it? Twenty sixth, but we don't candy? know what it is. Easter candy. Uh, April twenty sixth. Yes. She's she's been hyping, and Easter I think. Candy. You know, like when you're when you're tea swizzle, you don't you don't need to buy advertising. That's right. Social media does all the heavy lifting for you. Joel, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at her social media strategy, but I'd be curious as to your your thoughts on it if you have. Let me get you some stats here real quick. I have not, uh, okay. Morgan. So um, basically, you know, she's, <laughs> so she's she said you have to take it over. Yeah, no, love no, 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 no. Well, thank cool. you. We don't really have to talk about this. But no, basically we do. she's been she's been dropping, you know, strategic images. With the date 426 and no other no other context and you know <laughs> just building up some major hype within her fandom within the music industry we're all uh, we're all, all right, waiting so what, uh, to so see I'm what this at, sparkly pink bubbly oh my god I I'm looking at it like a pastel uh, blue bike yeah. like what do you think this is Morgan you're a Swifty I don't know. I don't like to speculate. Yes, you I do. I just like to anticipate. <laughs> oh my god! Here's a thought. Here's a here's a question. Does she not allow comments on her posts? She does not. She disables comments. So interesting. Uh, so a little bit of backstory. I think I talked with Jeff about this. Is you that um, after the Kanye Snake incident, baby. the Kanye and and Kim Kardashian incident? If you Wait. don't know about it, just Google it. She shut okay. down all of her social Morgan media. Morgan gets really upset about it. Um, I don't want to talk about it. And then right before the reputation area era, she like just like they completely took off everything. Like all of old comments were gone, all of old photos like were gone, this. everything was gone. And uh, she came back. And one of the one of the hinge pieces of the reputation area was like there will be no conversation, just reputation. So there are no comments allowed huh. on any of her posts anymore. Um, you can post on Taylor Nation, which is her official fan club, if you'd like to comment. But <laughs> God, um, I'm going there right now. Actually, you know, it's uh, otherwise it's just a controlled environment, and I'm very excited to see where. So the the prevailing theory is that after 1989, which was a very pop focused album, that she actually had an album ready to go, um, but. In light of the Kanye era, she kind of went dark. She went underground. She took some time for herself. She wrote the Reputation album. She released that as her comeback album. And now this particular album is going to be the one that was supposed to come out after 1989. Oh. You know, I was just looking. You and know we've become a Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift on Morgan uh, Rooks? Instagram. Morgan Rooks, Morgan Rooks does. But the, cham- the Champagne Poppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's not a big surprise, but no. Since no one really cares about Taylor Swift. No, 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 no. I think this is we talk about her uh, her stage show with the uh, the serpent. Yeah, yeah. It's quite it's quite something. Sure. She's. I think Taylor Swift is. She's a phenomenon. She's. I think she's magnificent. She's Question for Joel. I once tweeted. Uh, sorry, Hope. One, no, one, one thing. Ahead. I once <laughs> tweeted an entire baseball game in Taylor Swift lyrics the day she played in Cleveland. Uh, wow. Are you serious? I'm not. I would never lie about this. Joel once talent. was the social media voice and presence for the Cleveland Indians, and so I didn't know that. And I'm going to go back and find it. Let's, uh, yeah, we can do that. Let's do that. How many tweets do you think you I mean, probably wow. 15. Wow. All Taylor Swift. <laughs> All day. Was... And one of them was, I knew you were trouble when you walked and in. And it was one, it was one of, I think, I think we got our butts kicked that day. So it was like really hard and it turned out to be not that like good of an idea. Cause when you're getting beaten up, it doesn't matter which people hate you. So yeah, she's yeah. got, she's got some angry songs. Yeah. There's some angry songs sure. in speaking there. Of, oh, uh, speaking of, of sports, social media, um, I don't know if you saw this, Joel, but immediately after the Tampa Bay Lightning got their butts handed to them by the Columbus Blue Jackets, CBJ, CBJ. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ignore hope. 
their uh, their social media came out with a, a what I thought was a very heartfelt, poignant yeah. uh, tweet. About I did see that. They, you know, they understand the fans are angry. They understand the fans are upset, and they have no, you know, they have no excuse for what happened. And you I know, didn't see it. It was actually Good. really well done. It was like you know, we get it. We're hurting with you, and we're not gonna we're not gonna spin anything here yep. to make you feel better. We're just gonna say that we're sorry that this is what happened. Is so, it too late now? I is loved it. it. Um, it's it's really you you, ha, you know have to know your audience. So the Rockies do a good job of this. We did this a, a time or a two here and there, but you know th- that's therapeutic. Sometimes I mean you're gonna get it anyway, so why not like you know not invite it, but let them know that. Let your, it's all about listening to your audience. I, I preach this all the time, whether you're in sports, whether you're in manufacturing, it's know your audience. You know what the reaction is going to be after an emotional uh, thing happens. So, uh, you know, why why fight it? Go with it. Yeah. That's very strong. Yeah. It was great. That's, yep. That's, all right. That's real talk. Final question. Lightning round. Favorite Easter candy? The oh, only... Reese's. The eggs in the little fun size plastic packets, not the foil wrapped. Mike Job. That was Mike Job. <laughs> that was Mike Job for Hobo, who stole my answer. That's the only actual, that's the only possible answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I make a trifecta. What'd you say, It's Morgan? the greatest thing so, ever. Okay, so yeah, say you said. Uh, mine is Cadbury cream eggs. <laughs> Although the Reese's eggs are a very close second, but I am a Cadbury cream egg aholic. Can how we about talk like about how uh, Cadbury still uses the same and not the mini from ones. 30 years ago? I love the fact what that they Peeps? still use the same commercial. No. Oh, oh, yeah. Stop. Quick uh, quick round. <laughs> Peeps, no? No, Peeps? No. 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 What about, uh, what about um, you know what I really like is uh, Sweethearts Jelly Beans. Or oh. Sweethearts. Sweethearts Jelly Beans. Starburst really. ones. Are Starburst, Starburst, ones. Starburst Jelly Beans, yeah. yeah. Starburst Jelly Beans are great. Any of the jelly beans where you don't know exactly what it is before you eat it, I'm very uncomfortable with. Yeah, who makes those? Yeah. Jelly Belly? Jelly Belly. Yeah, and it's like you could get like. It's like, oh, here's a roast beef sandwich. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that today. <laughs> I think that might be one of them. I don't want that. I think that might be one of them. Would you, guys, be one of them. Tomato would you soup, rather a, what did Bailey say? It was like vomit? a vomit jelly oh, belly or God. rotten egg Why? jelly belly. Oh. Which one? I if would you rather had to pick. cut out yeah. my belly. <laughs> Good one. Here's a shish kebab jelly bean. Enjoy. Well. You think we just did it? You think that was the capper? Before I, we go, Morgan, yes. I have to plug something. Please do. You're going to listen to this. Listeners are going to hear this on Friday, April 19th, which is Morgan Rook's birthday. Happy birthday. Mike Cox is going to kill me because I just shouted into the microphone, but that's fine. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday, Morgan. Happy birthday. Joel, while you're also doing a shout out, can you tell our lovely- Happy 24th birthday, Morgan. Thank you. Can you tell our lovely listeners where else they can find us? Oh, my gosh. You can find us on the AdCom group, at the AdCom group on Twitter, Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn as well. And we're also at the A Game Podcast on oh, Twitter. At the A Game Podcast, you can find us on Sound, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Man. Thank you, Jeff. Hit us up, man. Yes. And leave a comment. Yes, please. Review comment. us on. Yeah. Review, God, why am I talking? Yeah, so much? and please, uh, you know, if you liked this episode or if you hated this episode, leave us five stars on <laughs> iTunes. Uh, leave us a, a comment and a rating. It helps other people find us. Yes. Um, and shout out if you are at the podcast meetup at Star Wars Celebration and you are now listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We out. Peace. <laughs>